all right, time for another podcast. So we kicked off the year in the tech world with CES, and there were a bunch of sort of not really mainstream things at CES this year, like massive rollable uh, TVs, um, a bunch of, you know, smart robots and AI. Um, I think the biggest thing that's going to impact people that are, you know, currently going to see and that's already out are uh, Intel and AMD both pairing their uh, CPUs with smarter GPUs. And so uh, GPUs are graphics processing units. It's what gamers use to play really demanding games. It's what uh, photo and video professionals use to uh, quickly edit and render photos and video. Um, And that's always meant uh, having a separate GPU. Uh, So having a CPU, which is your processor, your Intel Core i, or your AMD Bulldozer or Ryzen, uh, and then a separate GPU. And what's happened is um, Intel has paired with Rival uh, AMD for to create a smaller package that includes a GPU that uh, is much faster than what Intel, the what they would call an integrated graphics uh, on the Intel chip side, um, to give you you know better performance for gaming or photos and video. Um, it's still not going to be uh, as powerful as a, you know, 1080 um, in a laptop. Uh, but what this means is that you get uh, some of the power for gaming and graphics and photo and video rendering um, in smaller packages. So reasonable size laptops. These aren't going to be eight or nine pound uh, gaming laptops. These are things that you can actually uh, throw in a backpack um, and when it doesn't need that processing power, it can just use the Intel integrated graphics, which is fine for, you know, streaming Netflix or, you know, browsing the web. Um, and hopefully that package will get good battery life. And then, uh, after announcing their, uh, Intel tie up, they also announced that they're going to be doing similar things with their own CPUs. And so, um, when AMD released Ryzen processors, uh, last year, they didn't include any graphics. So you had to have a new Ryzen CPU, um, which was an Intel to the in alternative to Intel and then also a GPU. And so what you'll be able to do is get, um, I think it's a Ryzen three, uh, four core, four threads with graphics for like 99 bucks. So if you're looking to build a computer on the cheap, this is a throwback to AMD's uh, A line of processors, their A6, 10, 12 series of um, APUs is what they called them, application processing units. So that's really cool. And then moving into mobile. And so there are a bunch of uh, fun and weird things going on with mobile. I think the first thing to talk about is Huawei and uh you know, they were in the news at the end of 2017 for releasing uh, the Mate 10 Pro. Um, they also released the uh, 7X on the Honor sub-brand. Um, 
And then so we get to this year, and we're expecting at CES that we're going to hear an announcement that Huawei is paired up with AT&T for AT&T to actually carry the Mate 10 Pro. And if you don't know about the U.S. cell market, most people, and if you're listening to this, you probably have purchased your phone through your carrier. And so whether, you know, you've just splashed out hundreds or thousands of dollars up front, or you're getting billed monthly for it through your carrier, it's like 90-something percent of people buy their phones uh, through their carriers. And so the fact that Huawei uh, has made this flagship, it's really the best phone to date, goes to bat with, you know, I would say the iPhone 10 and the Galaxy Note 8, um, but they weren't in carrier stores. And so they were going to announce that AT&T was going to start carrying them, maybe Verizon as well. And then we started hearing reports that actually um, U.S. congressional uh, delegation and maybe even some people in the intelligence community reached out to AT&T and were telling them that, you know, in the past there's this history of Huawei uh, working with the Chinese government because they're a Chinese company. Um, and, you know, maybe their handsets are used to potentially spy on users um, at the direction or to the benefit of the Chinese government. And so they called off this AT&T deal, Verizon's not saying anything. Um, and so where are we? So there is, you can go and look online, there is this long history. Huawei is, I think, barred from uh, selling any of their infrastructure products. So they do uh, cellular networking. So Huawei is unable to do, you know, sell cellular antennas and cells uh, in the U.S. and I believe some European countries too. Um, and so it's this whole thing, but they've never really come out and, you know, shown their work and shown their proof. And so we're left in this weird limbo where you can still buy the Mate 10 Pro or the 7X. Uh, you're going to be able to do it directly. The 7X is already on sale the Mate 10 Pro is going to be carried by Best Buy. And so we're in this weird situation where um, you can't get it through a carrier, which is how most people get it. But there hasn't really been any proof uh, on the consumer side that Huawei is actually spying on users. And so that's usually a pretty big deal. Um, like when Google found out a few months ago that some games were listening to, uh, using your microphone to listen to your TV habits. Um, some of those apps were kind of like burying it in the terms of service that nobody reads. Some of them weren't disclosing it. Um, and so these kind of spying allegations usually um, are corrected by Google or, you know, the app makers. Um, and so we're left wondering, you know, do these devices actually capture user information is it more targeted? Is it is the worry just that, you know, if uh, somebody at the State Department had a Mate 10 Pro, that China would see the username and then, you know, activate spying? It's really unclear. Um, my guess would be that general people are fine. Um, spying like that usually tends to, those kind of breaches usually tend to uh, work themselves out in the press. Um but it would be great if 
somebody from the U.S. government actually came out and said, well, what's going on with these handsets that, you know, made you call off the deal? But maybe you don't buy a Huawei handset for a little while, even though they're they're cheap and well done. Um, on to the next great device, the Galaxy S9, going to be unveiled by, uh, you know, Samsung's new flagship, assume the S9 and S9 Plus, coming out February 26th. Uh, go on sale probably early March. Um, some of the leaked specs, it's going to be uh, a Snapdragon 845 phone, <coughs> um, which is going to be incredibly fast. Maybe only 4 gigs of RAM, which is disappointing. Um, and then the fingerprint sensor has moved from next to the camera uh, to below the camera, it would have been great for Samsung to do what so many others have done, which is to have it on the back of the phone, but move it to a place where it's nowhere near the camera. So, you know, midway down, three quarters of the way down, um, the photos that I've seen still put it sort of in the same area as the camera. And when you're doing things by feel, um, that's going to be hard to, to notice the difference, but we'll see on that. Um, no rumors about fingerprint sensor under the screen, which we'll talk about. Um, maybe some front camera advanced biometrics to take on, uh, face ID, uh, nothing yet. Um, speaking of the, under the fingerprint, uh, under the screen fingerprint reader, uh, Vivo is actually the first to market with that. They paired up with Synaptics. Uh, for the Vivo X20 Plus UD. I'm guessing UD maybe stands for under display. Who knows? Um, anyway, first, uh, under the screen fingerprint reader. And so you get to have a phone with super slim bezels. The fingerprint reader is not on the front taking up space. It's not on the back. It's on the front, just under the glass. And when you need to... Uh, authenticate it just sort of paints a little fingerprint sensor not unlike the you know graphic you get setting up a new android device um but smaller and then you just place your fingerprint your finger over that spot it reads your fingerprint unlocks um doesn't look as fast in videos as things like touch id or other uh you know dedicated hardware buttons but still looks fast enough um, yeah, so that'll be great. Um, that device sells in China for about 570 bucks. Um, although it, the other specs that it has, it has like a Snapdragon 660. Um, so maybe a little bit priced high, but expect that technology to kind of filter out through other places. Um, even like Samsung, LG and, uh, Apple maybe. Um, it currently sounds like it needs an AMOLED to screen to work or regular OLED to screen. Um, so it won't be on cheaper phones anytime soon. Those are usually all LCD screens. Um, but yeah, that's, it's awesome. And who, who doesn't love choice? Um, other flagship news, LG actually sounds like they are redesigning their next flagship. Um, so they announced that they were going to uh, stop using the G series as the brand. So it's not going to be the G7. It'll be something else. Um, 
but they scrapped the current design. They said that it didn't really seem compelling enough uh, to be their next flagship. Uh, there were also rumors that maybe they'll stop releasing yearly flagships and maybe just do it when they really feel like they've got a great device. Um, so that's interesting. And then also uh, Huawei has delayed their P20, which is uh, sort of under the Mate 10, but still a flagship level device. Um, and that phone is supposed to have, it's supposed to come in like three different versions, P20, P20 Lite, and P20 Pro. And one or more of those versions may have three cameras um, on the rear. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what cool and new stuff they start doing with photos. Um, the Mate 10 Pro got really good reviews for its camera. And then also with the uh, Kirin 970, and it has a NPU and neural processing unit that does uh, on-device AI almost instantaneously um, that recognizes photo scenes instantly. Um, so it'll be cool to see what they do with three cameras. Um, OnePlus. So I feel kind of bad personally about this OnePlus issue um, because I recommended <laughs> Uh, a friend buy a OnePlus 5T, and then right after he did, it came out that OnePlus had a security card or a credit card breach. Um, so, friendly reminder, just if you haven't set up PayPal, set up PayPal and use that uh, everywhere. Um, you know, with online stores like Amazon and Google um, and Apple... I mean, they're probably going to be fine and be checked 10 ways from Sunday. But uh, even from great startups, sometimes things like credit card processing gets uh, outsourced. In this case, it seems like it was done to a less than stellar provider. Um, so use PayPal and get Credit Karma or LifeLock. <laughs> Um, if you do a lot of online shopping, um, and then the other great thing from CES were autonomous vehicles. And so, um, there were a bunch of, uh, people, including, uh, like Lyft was doing test drives in apt. I can't remember the name of the company, but anyway, autonomous cars are coming. I know people think that they're like years and years away, um, but we've got people like uh, Waymo testing in Arizona, Kirkland, Washington, <coughs> and now Atlanta. <coughs> and then you've got um, Cruise, which is a GM uh, subsidiary, uh, is putting pedalless bolts into production. Uh, they're going full level five, which is no steering wheel, no pedals, um, a modified version of GM's, uh, electric car, the bolt. So that's going to be going into testing, uh, this year. And so this idea that, um, self-driving cars are decades away, um, you know, we have some level three driver aids level two um kind of like the tesla autopilot and gm's super cruise on the cadillac um nissan's pro pilot which is really more of like a level two um 
So you have all these cars that are currently on sale that, you know, can take over driving and limited situations or, you know, just kind of help keep you in your lane and do smart cruise control. Um, but fully driverless vehicles with, you know, no steering wheel or pedals, those are coming. Uh, you know, they may be in smaller areas like... Um, I was thinking that, you know, retirement communities have been floated as a great uh, test ground. Those are places that you can, um, you know, map the whole area with all the sensors and then, um, you know, do a really focused education campaign and even set up like a small uh, test and research facility and then just run it in this relatively controlled environment. Um, but those are coming faster than people think and it's exciting even as somebody who likes to drive i think it'll be cool for that option i don't want a level five car i still want pedals and a wheel um but level three and four stuff uh that it's it's really cool um and then so what's going to be the big tech of 2018 um i think we'll continue to hear a lot about uh, the security bugs, uh, specter and meltdown. Uh, we've got sort of a first wave of patches. Uh, Intel's working on making the windows patch better. Uh, they had problems with the Intel group, uh, with random reboots. AMD had issues with computers failing to boot. Um, so expect to see, you know, Keep updating and upgrading and patching all of your devices, your iPhones, iPads, Androids, Windows, Macs. It's it's the biggest pet peeve I have is uh, people who don't keep that stuff updated. Because um, all it takes is, you know, a wonky text message or a visit to a bad web page and suddenly, you know, your device has been compromised and ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so that'll continue to be a thing. Um, I think we'll also continue to be amazed at sort of um, how everything keeps improving in our life. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people have talked about, um, you know, how computers are getting, uh, you know, marginally quicker and we're just adding cores um, to processors to make things faster. Um, but I think you'll continue to see that going down that, you know, our phones are going to have, our phones already have eight cores on the Android side. Um, and devices are just going to keep getting faster and faster. Um, so if you, you know, have been putting off upgrading, uh, 2018 is going to be a great year to upgrade uh, your computer or your tablet or your phone because uh, they'll be faster than ever. Um, also, AI and machine learning, it's going to continue to be big. Uh, hopefully we finally get smarter virtual assistants out of it. It always surprises me, especially with Apple releasing the HomePod uh, in the next couple weeks, um, how dumb Siri is. Like, she's really not that clever. Um, I enjoy using Google Assistant, uh, but that's not always as clever. And so look for uh, AI machine learning to start... Uh, making life better everybody a lot of people well not everybody but a lot of people have smart speakers in their homes now um expect that to rise and the number of things that you can do with that to rise um 
smart home stuff is going to continue to be big. Um, one thing I would say I want to see more of in 2018 on the Android side of things is going to be more RAM. Uh, the fact that the Samsung S9 is going to come out with 4 gigs bothers me a lot because I think, um, especially as more and more of us use our phones <coughs> and even our tablets for everything, um, we're using more and more apps. And so uh, by adding more RAM, I know the argument is that RAM, as it increases, increases battery consumption. Um, but I think a lot of people now have you know, chargers at home, chargers in their car, battery packs on them, um, and that more RAM will really cut down on app loading times um, and all that jazz. And so as somebody who's a heavy multitasker, I want to see more RAM as standard and flagships. I shouldn't have to buy, um, you know, a Galaxy Note 8 to get 6 gigs on the Samsung side, and I should have more options than just one plus for getting eight gigs uh in an android handset um yeah and then so the next thing uh next gen cameras it'll be interesting to see uh we've kind of maxed out recently on cameras uh you know 2017 saw the introduction uh widespread introduction of uh portrait mode photography um that'll continue to get better um, but I'm interested in what's going to be next, the next big thing in mobile photography. Because um, it's we're steadily approaching uh, DSLR quality. Um, so that'll be interesting. Somehow we've got to get Zoom in there. And maybe that's what uh, Huawei's doing with their three lens setup is um, you know, changing the focal length or uh, doing other stuff to help with uh, zooming and cropping. Um, and then the other big thing in 2018 is going to be electric mobility. So uh, cars are going to start uh, entering the mainstream more than they already are. Um, heavy transportation like buses and semi-trucks, we're already starting to see. Um, when I was leaving Seattle and almost a year ago, uh, they were already testing um, a Proterra electric bus to start putting in production or putting into service. I know uh, a bunch of cities have committed to electric buses moving forward. Not, you know, tethered stuff, but truly just electric-powered uh, public transportation. Um, and so I'm actually going to do a separate podcast about electric cars because I have some more thoughts on that. But anyways, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, feel free to leave any comments.